Saturday here on the North Shore Drive podcast. You know what that means? It's the Acrisure Fan Advantage. We've got a special guest. Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for ESPN, has come onto the show. We're going to talk about this matchup. Steelers-Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Sunday at Acrisure Stadium here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's going to be a big one. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of the daily content that comes out from Post-Gazette Sports, as well as the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and sometimes Saturday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast. And today is the Acrisure Fan Advantage, where all season long, the Fan Advantage brings you closer to the Steelers than ever before, featuring exclusive answers to your burning questions from Steelers insider Brian Batko on Fridays, and then an in-depth conversation with an opponent expert each week the day before the Steelers play this week. The Steelers take on the Green Bay Packers. So we went and got Rob Domofsky of ESPN. He's been covering the Packers a long time. Rob, we, we before we hopped on here, you said it's been a different tone this season for what the Packers have gone through. What is their focus as a team that's three and five? They're 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 not in the playoff picture, but they if with the injuries that the Vikings have sustained, yeah. there might be a window open if they're able to make a make a midseason push here. Yeah, we haven't really talked around here um, in the media even about the playoffs. It seems like kind of a, a pipe dream. However, I was looking at this the other day. There's pr- six pretty obvious playoff teams in the NFC. You probably Out of the East, you have Philadelphia and Dallas. You probably have mm-hmm. Seattle, San Francisco, out West. You know, Detroit's going to win this division. Whoever wins the NFC South uh, right now, I believe it's New Orleans. Someone else has to make the playoffs of the group, Minnesota, Atlanta, Maybe Washington, Green Bay is in there. You know, I mean, it's it's not the Rams. You know, have three wins also, but like, I mean, someone of that group has got to make the playoffs. And you know, Minnesota is what five and four, but obviously, we all know what happened with Kirk Cousins. And you know, they're just they're, I think that that spot is wide open. However, you've got to win games. You've got to somehow yeah. get to at least eight, probably nine. And the Packers, this starts a four game stretch uh, where they have at the Steelers. Home against the Chargers, at the Lions, and home against the Chiefs. I mean, Ooh. is there one or two winnable games in there? I mean, if there's two winnable games in there, then they're five and seven, and they've got uh, a really, actually, a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way. It's the Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, and Bears to finish. So, uh, if they can win two of these and just stay at two games under five hundred, maybe they have a chance. But it looks awfully difficult. The, the talk around here mm-hmm. really has been what they have this year, and that's mostly what they have in the quarterback, Jordan Love, and what they're going to need going forward. They they never used the word rebuilding, but that's exactly what this season was, is. Um, for whatever reason, they they felt like the, the rebuild was a four-letter word around here, and they just didn't want to utter it. But anybody who <laughs> paid attention to what they did uh, with their roster tells you that they were in rebuild. They didn't sign any veteran free agents. Uh, they didn't bring in anybody at receiver, tight end, the skill position players. They're the only team in the league, Chris, that doesn't have a catch by a receiver who's in his third or more seasons in the NFL. And you know right. why? Because they don't have one. 
They right. don't have a receiver that has more than two seasons of, of NFL experience. And I, I think their their idea, and general manager Brian Gutekunst said this around the draft when he drafted three receivers and two tight ends, that the idea was to bring in a core group that could grow together with Jordan Love and they would have this chemistry as opposed to just having, you know, bringing in a, a veteran receiver or even maybe re-signing, say, Alan Lazard. Uh, you know that was right. been that wouldn't have helped the long term development. That was their thinking. I do think they overestimated um, just what they had, though. I think they overvalued maybe the roster and how quickly that that could come together. Um, and because it just really hasn't to a, a large degree. There's been glimpses, um, and I said this uh, uh, on on ESPN Radio this week that it would almost be easier if Jordan Love were terrible right now or if obviously it would be it would be great if he was great and there were no questions but it would, but on the flip side it would almost be easier if they knew he wasn't the guy but I'm not sure they can judge that based on the talent that they have around him. no I feel you on that it, it, it's it feels more secure to know like hey either a you need to draft a quarterback or b yep. you have your quarterback but when you're in between that question that is a tough thing to say but like right. you said the next four games, they need to win at least two of them to stay mm -hmm. in that pace. You, you mentioned the Chiefs and the Lions being two of those teams. Yeah, they're not the winning Steelers, those games. Yeah. The Steelers got to be one of those games that they win. So this week, they've been prepping for the Steelers. When you've been in the locker room, when you've been talking to the players and the coaches, what's been the biggest emphasis you've heard about what they need to do to combat what the Steelers do well? Yeah, it's it's really it's it's all about the Steelers defense from here. And and look, the Packers defense came into this season with a lot of questions. And I'm not saying they're a world-beating defense, but I have the stat right here. The the Packers have allowed 159 points this season. Um that's the fewest points by a Packers defense through 8 games since 2010. And wow. if you're 2010 they won the Super Bowl. That was the that was Super Bowl 45 year. So, so, yeah, so, right. Actually, how could I forget you guys would remember that? <laughs> uh, so, so while their defense has been, you know, kind of under fire a little bit, they've done enough, uh, you know, against, albeit not some great offenses. I mean, Denver's offense wasn't very good. Obviously, Vegas's offense, but they, they allowed play. They, yeah, they allowed 19 and 17 points to those two teams. Matt LaFleur is like, hey, if our defense holds somebody under 20, we should win that game every time. Uh, so so I think the, the 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 Packers defense, you know, obviously those guys, um, you know, have their task at hand uh, with the Steelers. And, you know, the, the big talk, if there's been a player that's been talked about or players, it's been the, the running backs, obviously led by Najee Harris. Um, but – um, the Packers do have some injury issues of their own on defense, which we can get to later. But from a from an offensive standpoint, it's all about Highsmith and Watt and yes. those guys that you know are going to put pressure on the quarterback and they're they're game record type players, right? Uh, and, and the Packers offensive line, as I'm sure you know, is missing left tackle David Bakhtiari. He's their All Pro, mm -hmm. a five time All Pro left tackle. He played in the season opener this year and then was done for the year. They've had a little bit of a, a revolving door at left tackle. They've tried a couple of different guys, um, Yash Nyman and Rasheed Walker. Not that anybody's ever heard of those guys, but keep an eye on if it's if it's 63 or 73 or some combination of both out there at left tackle. And and, and then just the, their, their protection as a whole and how they can allow Jordan Love to find some sort of a rhythm because that's what they've been talking about here for a while on offense. They've, been, they've started so badly. Um, they finally got a first down on a first drive last week, and they acted like it was uh, they, they'd won the division title. Uh, they finally <laughs> scored a touchdown in the first half, 
Uh, that was, that ended a five game streak where they were been outscored seventy three to nine in the first half over those five games. That's so they're, familiar. They're, so they're yeah they're so focused on what they need to do offensively, and most of that is centering around trying to to keep those guys out of the backfield and keep them from from wrecking games. Um, which, as I don't have to tell Steelers fans, those guys are game wreckers. Absolutely. I want to get to more into how they do that with their offense versus the Steelers defense and a little bit of what the Packers defense, you know, strengths and weaknesses that maybe the Steelers need to look at here in this game. We'll do that on the other side of this first break here of the Akershire Fan Advantage here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post. I'm your host, Chris Carter. A reminder of this show being brought to you by the Akershire Fan Advantage all, all season long. Every week on Fridays, you get Brian Batko answering your questions that you can submit questions to Akershire.com slash Fan Advantage. We'll get those questions on the show. And then on the day before the game, whether it's Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, like we had like we had last week, we will have an opponent expert on breaking down the Steelers' upcoming opponent this week. We got Rob Demosky from ESPN. Stick with us. We got a lot more to discuss here on the Aperture Fan Advantage from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're back here on the Akershire Fan Advantage from the North Shore Drive podcast. Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm Chris Carter. He's Rob Demosky of ESPN. Rob, you were talking about making sure the Steelers' edge rushers aren't game records, and they have been in plenty of the games that, that they've won. In the games they've lost, uh, primarily the Niners game and the Texans game, TJ Watt did get three sacks in the, in, in the Niners game, but both of those teams, I felt, did everything they could to make those guys not matter. And I think that's one thing that the Texans did very well. They ran plays that said, hey, we're going to make it so that the interior defensive linemen have to make a play or the off-ball linebackers have to make a play. But C.J. Stroud was either getting the ball out quick or if he yeah. was holding on to the ball, it was max protect and making yeah. sure that those guys didn't get to him so that he had time. Or they had a screen play where the, line, the, the edge rusher would run in and that would open up space for, right. for, for the said screen. How is that? Is that is that kind of offense doable with where Jordan Love is right now? How have you seen him take the coachability from Matt, Matt Lafleur? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the screen game, Chris, because that's probably the best way to slow down those guys. Mm -hmm. The problem, and and in the screens, it's a big part of the Matt Lafleur, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay offense. However, these guys have not been great in the screen game, but. If, if people have time, go back and watch Luke Musgrave's touchdown in the uh, fourth quarter on Sunday against the Rams. It was the perfectly executed fake screen. They actually faked it both ways and then hit Musgrave down the seam. Now, it took a little time to develop, but they set that up by trying to run screens earlier in the game with maybe limited effectiveness, but still running it to try to keep the defense honest and not just jetting upfield. And the, they ran this one perfectly. I mean, the, Love faked the screen this way. Then he faked the swing pass to the right to A.J. Ah. Dillon. A.J. Dillon actually made an unbelievable fake where he, I actually thought he was going to catch the ball. <laughs> uh, and it just it, – it, it, every time that he faked one way or the other, the defensive had – those guys had to just pause for just a millisecond. And that may be all it takes. Um, I, I think the other key – is I don't know that these guys will do so much max protect. I mean, they'll keep the tight end in. They'll they'll have a back that that will chip. Um, but the one thing that they want to do, and you hear every coach say it, and we got to run the ball more. We got to get more attempts. Blah blah blah. Well, it hadn't really happened until last week. Uh, they finally got Aaron Jones twenty rushes. Um, mm -hmm. Like if you look at Aaron Jones's history, 
Uh, he's only had 20 or more carries like seven or eight times in his entire career. The guy's like 28 years old. Um, they just – they need to get him the attempts. And really, like, he wasn't even that good. I think he ended up like with like 74 yards on those 20. But it just – it did enough to keep the rush at bay. Um, they ended up rushing for 186 yards as a team. They had a couple guys broke a few one late. Love had a scramble. They had an end around to a receiver that picked up 17 yards or whatever. So the total ended up looking pretty good. But it's really, you know, it, it's Mike McCarthy always used to say it's it's about the attempts. It's not about the production. And mm-hmm. I would always be like, oh, I, that's you got to <laughs> predict, right? Th- this game, Mike obviously is long gone, but th- this game uh, last week was maybe the first time I ever saw that you know, it was the attempts. Like Aaron Jones got 20 carries. He only had 3.7 yards of carry, which isn't great, but it was it was enough to do that. And I think that's where they want to be. Um, and, and Jones also had four catches, so he's touching the ball 24 times. He's their best player, Chris. I mean, like that's the bottom line is that if they have a playmaker that can do it consistently, it's Aaron Jones. He, he had been battling a hamstring injury, missed three games, and even when he came back was sort of limited. Last Friday, Matt LaFleur said, you know, he's ready to be cut loose. And we all kind of rolled our eyes that, oh, yeah, we've heard this before. You're going to cut him loose. And they actually did for the first time. And I think I would assume that they would try to do a lot of that against Pittsburgh. I think that they, they these offenses are kind of in similar places with, mm-hmm. with that kind of talk because the Steelers, they, they, they appreciate what Najee Harris does. Even if he's not a game wrecker, it's yeah. that he's possessing the football. They're moving the ball. Last week, the, the Steelers' run game also also got active. They, they, ran, they ran for 166 yards, the most yards they've had all, all season. Uh, and Broderick Jones being a big part of, big part of that, mm-hmm. too, the, their first-round pick offensive tackle uh, that, that got his second start of the season right. against the Titans. What is the what is the defensive front like for the Packers right now? Are they a group that can can stop can stop a consistent run game and get after a quarterback? The Steelers' offensive line has been has been a very roller coaster group this season. That's had yeah. some really bad performances and then some really good performances mm-hmm. and then right back to the bad. Yeah, historically the Packers uh, have struggled in the run game defensively, and that's not even just this regime. It seems like it's been a problem here for like the last seven, eight, nine, ten years that spans multiple defensive coordinators. However, um, they have been better lately. Uh, Kenny Clark is as good against the run as any defensive tackle, at least in the NFC, that I've seen. Um, He's just a steady guy now. He did get a shoulder injury banged up against the Rams, didn't finish the game. He has been practicing this week and says he's going to play. But, you know, a defensive tackle with a shoulder injury that's got to throw it in there you know, might be a problem. Uh, Quay Walker, their middle linebacker, who is a tackle machine like most middle linebackers are, but a really good player, their second-year uh, second guy. He was their first-round pick last year. It looks like he may not play, so they're missing some guys up the middle. Um, Rashawn Gary, their their pass rusher, is, is, is an absolutely amazing pass rusher. He's mm-hmm. a great run player. Like, that's mm. – you know, that's a concern on the edge. Uh, Preston Smith on the other side, the veteran rusher, has been pretty good in both aspects, good run player, good pass rusher. But as good as Rashawn Gary is, and they gave him a huge, they gave him a $24 million a year contract extension last week, uh, four years, $96 million. Not quite Watt money, but he's right up there with, like, Miles Garrett and those guys, a um, little bit behind the Bosa's. For, for that kind of money – You'd like him to be a little bit better run player, and and uh, you know we'll see if he, you know, can take that step as a run defender. Uh, it's just been a problem with their defense for years and years, and, and it felt like the last time they had a good run defense was like 2014, 15 in there, 
when, when they had could stop the run ever since then, it's been like, all right, how many yards is the, are these guys going to run for against them? And is it going to cost them the game? Yeah. I, I, I feel you on that entirely. Um, the, the pack the package defense, I've, I, I've seen potential there. They, they have, they have playmakers yeah. on it. And, and like you brought up earlier, like, you know, as far as their pat, their pace this year, they're 10th in, in point in points amount and 11th yeah. in yards allowed. Like when you look yeah. at that, you're like, actually that is pretty impressive, but I also yeah. agree with you. They, they played some opponents, that yeah. have kind of, that, that have kind of favored you know that 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 are contributing to that numbers with the, the lack. The of quarterback offense. they played last week is out of a job this week. Brett Brett Rippin. I mean they caught him. <laughs> he was so bad against the Packers. You know so uh, Russell Wilson wasn't very good. Uh, you know when they when they played played uh, you know it's, they they have faced some bad quarterbacks and uh, I think their numbers are a little bit misleading in that regard. However, they. Like you said, you can only do you can only play who you play, and they mm-hmm. they have done enough. The defense has done enough outside of maybe the Lions game, and even that, I think they were it was it wasn't like they got gashed. They've done enough to win pretty much all these games. They're not three and five because of their defense, which actually for you know around here that's actually probably a positive. One of the biggest talking points in Pittsburgh this week has been George Pickens, who was, you know, notably looking looking frustrated yeah. at the end of the Titans game because, you know, he, he he missed his chance of getting a touchdown. And then Deontay Johnson got the game-winning touchdown. And he has, you know, he's kind of played it off, but it's it's pretty obvious what's been going on there. But part of what all the Steel, all the Steelers have been saying, Mike Tomlin's talked about it, Kenny Pickett's talked about it, Najee Harris has talked about it, is that teams are doubling him more often because they're respecting him. And it's something yeah. that they're, that they're, that they're saying, Hey, when they do that, it's helping the rest of the offense because yeah. now Deontay Johnson's one-on-one. Now the run game is getting more space to work. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the Packers talk about Pickens or any particular player on the Steelers offense that they're like, Hey, we got to do something different to contain this guy. Yeah, not necessarily. Um, they're kind of focused on just kind of doing their own thing and cleaning up what they have. I mean, they've got some issues in the secondary with, you know, having to probably start backups at at least two of the four spots, if not three. Uh, you know, Pickens is interesting because it, it, it's kind of the mold that the Packers use. And, and, and really the Steelers and Packers aren't that different in the way they build their teams and, you know, sort of draft and develop type organizations. Uh, you know, Pickens is what, a second round pick, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. That the Packers haven't drafted a receiver in the first round since Javon Walker in 2004, but they have drafted a ton of receivers in the second and third rounds. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I sort of felt like that that was, you know, Pickens was kind of one of those guys that would fit the Packers mold of what they do as far as drafting receivers. And, and I, you know, I, 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 I expect him to be a, a really good player uh, and I think he will be and, and is, but um, you know, whenever there's uh, a guy who expresses frustration, you know, the default setting typically is that the team will try to do something early to get him going uh, to try to, you know, kind of get him back with the game, so to speak. And, and I would expect early on they, the Packers would try to not let that happen. Um, I think they're probably pl- expecting that the ball is going to go his way uh, early to, to try to get him going a little bit. And, and I would think that the Packers would do something uh, you know, to try to take that away. That That's the only thing that I've heard from a, a defensive standpoint of, of maybe focusing on that this week. Absolutely. We'll get to our predictions and what we see being the biggest keys to the game to focus on in the Steelers versus Packers matchup 1 p.m. Eastern time Sunday at Acrisure Stadium. It's the North Shore Drive podcast with the Acrisure Fan Advantage. Chris Carter and Rob Demosky from ESPN. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. It's the Accrature Fan Advantage, where each week we get you an opponent expert and bring them on the show, ask them questions, get you the insights on the Steelers' opponent. This week, it's it's the Green Bay Packers, which means we got Packers reporter Rob Domofsky from ESPN. Rob, looking at this game, I think both teams are in kind of, even though the Steelers are 5-3 and three and people may look at that and say, like, wow, they're in a really good spot. They can afford to lose one. They're in an AFC North race where yeah. they're in, they're tied for second and all the other teams are 5-3 and three except, for, except for the Ravens. So they're very much in a playoff crunch in the AFC while the Packers are trying to take, try to sneak back up into the last spot of that NFC playoff race here. So this is a crucial game for both teams, in my opinion. When I when you look at this matchup, what's the biggest key that if you're saying like, hey, if this happens for the Packers, this yeah. is the biggest thing they need to get a win? I think for either of these teams, Chris, one of them's got to get off to a good start. Like it, it has to. We Our, our uh, preview that ran Friday morning on ESPN.com, uh, Brooke Pryor and I combined on some things. My mine was like a bold prediction, and, and my bold prediction was this isn't going to be a three to three game at halftime, despite what the numbers suggest. On the uh, th- these two teams have the two worst yardage differentials um, from them to their opponent in the first half. They're both like minus five hundred and some yards in the first halves. The Packers are actually one of the best second half offenses. I just think one of these teams is going to get out ahead, and and that's probably the way that both of these teams need to play. I don't know that there's enough firepower on either of these teams to necessarily like get down more than, you know, a, a, a score or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think somebody's going to come out and I, I would be very surprised if it's a, if it's a three, three game at halftime, I think somebody is is going to get going early. And, and that to me could be the difference in the game. Now uh, there, there have been games where the Packers have blown leads. They were up 24 to 12, at Atlanta in week two in the fourth quarter and lost 25-24. So getting a lead isn't like a guarantee, but um, I, I just think whoever gets out early might might end up just controlling this game. I think that's certainly something that both teams are going to be looking at doing. The Steelers got their first drive, first opening drive of the season with a touchdown just last week against the Titans. Everyone's excited because Matt Canada's on the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, you know, I guess that provides a spark or something for, for, for the Steelers. Uh, and Mike Tomlin did say it was different having him in the faces of, of his, of the players yeah. and having him, you know, you know, kind of bridging the line of communication or taking away the bridge to the line of communication, making it straightforward, yeah. you know, middleman or, or radios there. So, I mean, there is, that factor that, that that plays into that but I agree with you this is I think this is a very close game all throughout neither of these offense really get much separation it's but it, it's been really weird this year and you know I think Jordan Love Kenny Pickett in similar points right now where they have their really impressive moments like Jordan Love against the Saints at the down the stretch there it's like holy crap like when he plays like that that's yep. what that's like okay I understand why the Packers had faith in picking him and yep. there's other times where you're just like Man, what's that? But it's the same thing with Kenny Pickett, where there's some yeah. days you're just like, so, and, and even the in the same game, like when they played yep. the Titans, there were some passes through. I'm like, oh boy, that's pretty yep. rough. And then in the fourth quarter, like he's done all season. If mm-hmm. if the Steelers are within reach, he 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 makes the plays that right. gives them a chance to win win the game. Both of these quarterbacks in that way, and that's why I do think this comes down to who's able to one have a lead, and then who avoids the big turnover in yep. this game. Kenny Pickett's been able to avoid an interception since I believe the Texans game was the last time he threw one. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's the only time he's thrown one since the Niners game yeah. as, as well. I think it's going to come down to which one of these quarterbacks protects the football more. What have mm-hmm. you seen from Jordan Love? He's thrown a few interceptions this year. Yeah. What What is the factor on those when he's thrown most of them this, this year? 
Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the interceptions because uh, after three games, he had seven touchdowns and one interception, and you're like, oh, this is this is Rodgers again. Like, Rodgers never threw picks, right? Like, that was the one thing. Uh, and and you were like, well, how, you know, that's an incredible recipe. Then he went five straight games with interceptions. Uh, last week he did not throw one. That was the first time in five games that he didn't throw one. They've been all varieties. They've been – there, you know, there's been the tip ball, which, you know, what are you going to do about that? Um, there's been the forcing into coverages. There's been one or two, I think two that I can think of that are most troubling where he just, he flat out didn't see a guy. Like there was a, a linebacker dropped and and he didn't see him. Like, and that that's bad. Like to me, those are the bad. Rogers never had those kind of interceptions. He, mm-hmm. I, I do remember uh, his first year starting in, two, in 2008, uh, Brian Erlacher got him once where he duped him, dropped, you know, looked like he was coming. Rodgers looked the other way, and by the time he was going over the middle, Erlacher had dropped and he picked him off. But Rodgers never did that. Like, I mean, that that was 2008, and I'm guessing he didn't have many more of those in his, right. in the of his career. Um, it's funny, when he got to 400 touchdowns, he was the only guy – that had reached 400 touchdowns and, and had less than hundred interceptions. And he had like 88, like he wasn't even close. It was like 400 t- uh, touchdowns and 88 picks at that point. Uh, I, I think that, you know, love needs to get that. That would be great. Right. If he could do that. But, but I think what he just needs to do is trust himself. And Matt LaFleur has said many times indecisive. Uh, what, no, I can't even remember his expression. Indecision equals incompletions. I think is what it mm-hmm. was. Sometimes it equals interceptions. And and like he's just gotta let it rip. LaFleur's used that that term let it rip with him several times over the last couple of years, even when he was just a backup. And and I think that's where um where love just needs to trust it. Um and, and I think he'll be okay. I don't think he's necessarily prone to interceptions, although his last year at Utah State, he, he had I think he had 17, which is really mm. um so you know. I don't can't sit here and say that he's corrected the problem because it's one game without a pick, but um, I do think that's been a little bit more of an emphasis here. All right, we got to let's get to our prediction here, Rob. I made it. I made it clear here yesterday on this on this on the North Shore Drive podcast with Brian Batko. We both picked the Steelers to win different mm-hmm. scores. Brian had the Steelers cracking thirty points. I thought he was he was smoking something <laughs> when he when he said that, but I said twenty four twenty because I agree with you. I think these offenses they're not completely yeah. stale. They find ways to get on the board, but I think that this is another game where it comes down to the wire. Kenny Pickett's able to find some things late, and the Steelers' defense yeah. just makes the big play at the end of the game that forces a turnover that gets them a win. How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, so I had picked the Packers before the Raiders game. I picked the Packers to win. Before the Broncos game, I picked them to win, and they lost. And I said, I'm not picking them to win again <laughs> until they win. There you uh, go. Until they win, I'm not picking them. And I didn't pick them last week, and they won. They beat the Rams, so I guess I fulfilled that. I'm not picking them to win until they win. But I can't do it this. I just I, I don't feel like I can do it. I don't feel like this is a team that's veteran enough to go into a hostile environment uh, where you know. Look, I mean, these teams don't play very often, and mm-hmm. and when they do, these are you know these are two of the most storied franchises in the NFL. I just think this is too young a team to go into an environment like that against a defense like Pittsburgh's and, and pull it off. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these teams did get to. 24. I, I think that's a good number. I think 24 points wins this game. Um, I, I like to play that game with myself, like midway through the third quarter, uh, look at the score and go, all right, what is it going to take to win this game? And and I, I think 24 will do it. I, and I just don't see the Packers 
getting quite that five. I can see him getting to 17 or 20. I don't see him getting to 24. There you have it. Rob Demosky joins myself and Brian Backo picking the Steelers to win here uh, in, a, in, a, in a close matchup that should be in the low 20s of scoring. Again, Rob, thank you so much for joining us here. you have anything that Steelers fan needs to be on the lookout for as far as what you're working on this weekend? Yeah, so I had a piece that ran the other day on ESPN.com that I think people might find interesting about quarterbacks and what you have and what you don't. I took the first eight games of Brett Favre's uh, first year as a starter, Ooh. first eight games of Aaron Rodgers' career as a starter, and first eight games of Jordan Love's. And the numbers, believe it or not, Chris, are not all that different. Uh, in, huh. in fact, Love's got more touchdowns through eight games than, than Favre did. Um, so, like, while it, it may not look as good, it really wasn't – you know, revisionist history tells us that those guys were great, but they weren't always great. They started Rocky, too. I think people will find that interesting. It's up on ESPN.com right now. Uh, I would say check that out. Hey, uh, I think Steelers fans might want to hear hear about yeah. your, your quarterback quarterbacks getting their feet under them right now with Kenny Pickett. Rob, thanks so much. Steelers fans, go check out that article on ESPN.com. Uh, thanks, Robs, for joining us. Thank you all for joining us here in the North Shore Drive podcast. You've been listening to or watching the Accrisure Fan Advantage here from the North Shore Drive podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Remember, we're on all your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Thanks again for tuning in. Tune in after the game. We'll have our normal post-game show with Adam Bittner and, and Paul Zeiss. Of course, Ray Fittipato, Jerry Dulac with their post-game thoughts from the field, and then myself and Ray Fittipato will be breaking down the game for the Monday episode of the North Shore Drive podcast. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you again after the Steelers game Sunday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com. 